Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press, I press. So we've been in this series about living life in color, and today I want to talk about rage against beige. Rage against the boring, blah, beige life that we can so easily get caught up in if we stop dreaming. Rage against beige. Let's pray. Father, speak to us now in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen and amen. So what, what is a dream? We've, we've defined this now. We're three weeks in, but I just want to say it again. A dream is what could be. A dream is what should be for your life. It is using your gifts and desires to not only be a blessing in your own life, but to expand God's kingdom. God wants you to live in the what could be and should be for your life. George Bernard Shaw said, dream of things that never were and ask, why not? Why not? Why not for our family? Why not for my future? Why not for our finances? Why not for, for, for our business? Why not for my dream? Why not for my ministry? Why not? And I love that uh, Bernard Shaw said this. He didn't say how to. <laughs> Some of you get so intimidated by the how to that you never even start with a why not. You never even dream. You never even start the believing. You never even start the dreaming. I love that he said, don't start with a how-to. Start with a why not. Get a, get a seed of a vision of a dream in your heart and just start going for it. And the how-to will come. And I'm going to get very practical today. The last two weeks I've not been practical. I've just been really loud and passionate. <laughs> and I would dare say anointed. Okay, but today... Today, I'm going to pull it way back. I'm going to be very pastoral, okay? But um, So I'm going to give you some tools today and some handles to, to help you go with your dream. But, but we got to ask the why not. we got to say what could be and what should be for my life. And I want to give you six ways to rage against beige. Six ways to rage against beige. Number one, you got to remember that not everyone is going to like you living in color. <laughs> Genesis 37, when Joseph had a dream, his brothers hated him for three reasons. Three reasons. Your haters hate you for multiple reasons. Some of you are confused why they hate you, but they hate you for lots of reasons. In other words, they're confused why they hate you. They just know they don't like you. So stop trying to help them like you. Because if you, if you deal with one issue, they'll just find another issue. I'm just helping because some of you are entertaining difficult people and what you need to do is click unfriend, unfollow, block. I love you, but I don't need your number in my phone anymore because you're drama. Joseph's brothers hated him for three different reasons. They hated him because of his favor. They hated him because of his dream and they hated him because of his words. They hated him and not everyone is going to like you living out your dream. Notice that Israel gave him a coat of many colors, many colors, because you're going to need multifaceted favor to do everything God's called you to do. You don't just need favor in one area of your life. You're going to need favor in many areas because Joseph had a coat with many colors and he had a many, and he had many dreams, excuse me. So he needed many dreams for his destiny and he needed many different colors of favor for his destiny. And that came with many different forms of hate. And I want you to catch this. His brothers did not like the coat because they didn't like the many colors. And there are going to be people who are going to want you to live in the beige, the dull, 
the bland, the boring, the mundane, the blah, the, it's not even a word, it's a sound. <sighs> they don't want you excited. They don't want the, the, the pitch of your voice to be high. They don't want to skip in your step. They don't want you dreaming, believing, and pressing. They're annoyed by color. They want you in black and white. They want you in gray. They want you in beige. They don't, they don't want you living in excellence. They don't want you walking in the dream. And they can't really even define why. They just know they don't like you. And it's not your job to get everyone to like you. It's your job to honor the coat God put on you. <laughs> well, Jamin, I, I, I'm not a hater. I'm just realistic. I'm just real. I just got to keep it 100. You're really negative. That's what you are. You're not real. You're negative. And you're really negative. And you're exhausting. We're just tired talking to you. Because it's just always blah. It's always beige. There's always a cloud in the sky, and you can never see the silver lining. And, friend, there are going to be people like that are, that are going to try to talk you out of your dream. You have to love them, forgive them, and you got to hold on. See, this is Joyce Meyer said it like this. A dream doesn't take a wishbone. It takes a backbone. <laughs> we, we, we've minimized dreamers. No, it takes the backbone. It takes a backbone to do anything great with your life. Think about Henry Ford. He said, if I would have asked people what they wanted, they would have said, I want a faster horse. That's where people want you. They want you stuck. They want you stuck where you were, but you're not there anymore. And you're not that person anymore. And they don't want to let you walk in the new era that God has for you. And you're just going to have to learn this. It's not about being obsessed with enemies, but it is about just knowing that not everyone's going to celebrate that, and that's okay, because I love them, and I forgive them, and I'm moving on, and I know that God has something on my life, and I'm just going to keep moving forward in Jesus' name. Give me an amen one time. Number two, stay close to and serve other dreamers. Oh, this is such a huge point. This is an uncomfortable point for a preacher, because I'm basically kind of telling you, you know, to serve this house. So it's awkward, but I say a lot of awkward things, so I'm not that uncomfortable. You got you to learn how to serve, and you got to learn how to get close to other dreamers. See, God gave Joseph a dream, and then he gave him an assignment. Serve the butler's dream, the baker's dream, and Pharaoh's dream. Read your Bible. It's all there, I promise you. In other words, God said, okay, I've given you a dream, but now can you serve another man's dream? And if you can be faithful to serve another's dream, I'll make sure that your dream comes to pass. I don't necessarily need City Light to be your dream, but I do think you should be connected to a local church where you can serve so that you can be connected to another man's dream because I think it's good for your soul, even if it's not this church. Amen. This is going over really well. <laughs> Brian, Brian Houston said, that, I'm kidding. The thing I'm a part of is bigger than the part I play. I want to be, be a part of something that's bigger than me. 
I want to be, I want to be in an, I may not be that big, but I want to be in a bigger environment where I have to learn and grow and step up and evolve. And I, and I have to go to the next level because I'm in a next level atmosphere. You got to learn how to be around sharp people. You got to learn how to grow from sharp people. You got to learn how to take criticism from people that are further along than you. You got to learn how to be coached because, because though it hurts, you're getting bigger. So you can put a shark in an aquarium and it'll never grow past eight inches. But you can throw that thing in the ocean and you become its lunch. But dependent upon atmosphere. That's why I believe that you should be able to serve in God's house, even if it's not this house, a house. Why? Because it grows you. Because this is an international body of 2.5 billion believers around the planet. And when you get involved in God's big body, big church, you get bigger. Say amen, everybody. Come on. That's why I'll never apologize for asking you to serve or give. I'll never say sorry. I'll say thank you, but I won't say sorry. Because as much as you are a blessing to my wife and I, and you are, to every serve team member, you, you make our world go round, okay? We can't do it without you, but it's making you bigger. This morning, we were in rehearsals with the band, and I'm on this mic in the middle of that sanctuary, and I am screaming and calling stuff out, and you're doing that wrong, and stop doing that, and do this, and stop doing that, and hey, you need to do that. <sighs> It wasn't exactly what they thought they were going to get on a Sunday morning worship, okay? Because I had to be Coach Jabin instead of Pastor Jabin. But they all got bigger and better because of it. And I don't apologize for it. They just get bigger. And it's like I, I put them in the gym of destiny. <laughs> and I start, I start stretching and pulling and it hurts and it's uncomfortable. But they're all better because of it. I think of like, I think of Bree and Malena and Weston are Unbelievable worship leaders. How many think they're incredible, right? But seven months ago, they weren't are where they are today. Like Bree is a Holy Ghost powerhouse. But when, when we met her a year ago, she's, I, just this sweet little girl. Met at Public Us. We gave her, we gave her Goldie to hold. She didn't know how to hold her. Now she's Goldie's best friend. She's grown. She's strong in the Holy Ghost. She's more confident. She's a better worship leader today. Do I take all the credit for it? No, but I do credit God's house. We, we got her and we threw her in the ocean of God's church and we said sink or swim and she started swimming. And they've all grown because of atmosphere. Everyone say atmosphere. So, so you got to learn how to serve something that's bigger than yourself. Get around dreamers. Get around big thinkers. Find... Find someone who drives a nice car in this church and go, how'd you get that? What do you do? Why are you, what, 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 what do you do? How do you, what, what, what did it take? Y'all been married for 50 years? 50 years? How did you not kill each other? Teach me. Get around people who are further along on the journey and say, can you help me? And it'll shape you and it'll make you better. Number three, when you're raging against beige, you got to define what you want. What do you want? Not what do you need, what do you want? Words of Jesus, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever, whatever uh, things you desire, things you desire. What things? 
do you desire? What things do you, des- if you could afford it, what things do you desire for your family? What things do you desire for your children? What school would you desire them to go to? What kind of wedding would you desire to give to your daughter? What kind of, what kind of spiritual life do you desire? What kind of marriage do you desire? Jesus said you have to define the things you desire. Not the things you need. That, this makes religious people very uncomfortable. Well, I just, I just want what I need. No, no, no. God's better than that. He just is. He, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's actually good news, not bad news. So I don't know why I'm apologizing. You, but you got to define the want. The beige life is what you have to do. And we all have stuff we have to do because we're adults. But the living life in color also includes what you want to do. So I'll just give you a few of my wants to help you. I want another campus. seven months old. I want another one because there's 2.2 million people in this community. We need more campuses. (laughs) I want another campus. We, I want another campus, but there's people out there that need another campus. Yeah. There's people every, every week people walk into this church and go, we're here because we saw a Facebook ad. We spend money and we promote ads on Instagram and Facebook, people see them, this is genius, (laughs) people see them, and then they walk in the building. And it proves that we need more churches, and we need more campuses. And we also get a lot of flack for it. You're spending money on ads because this is a big business. And and those people remind us too that they need Jesus, amen. This dude this week lit me up, got on my Instagram because of an ad. I mean, cursing me out, blankety, blank, you, blankety. I mean, he was putting, he was creative with this cussing. And I was like, I've never seen that with that. That was pretty cool, you know. I can't even hate, you know. He was amazing at it. And, uh, you know, spending the church's money on ads. I'm like, no, I use my own credit card, by the way. I do. I pay for that myself. But anyway. Um, not that anyone cares, but I do. And so, so he's, you know, he's mad at me. And then he got mad because I was wearing a Lakers t-shirt in church. Oh, you're going to wear a Lakers? You're going to wear a, a t-shirt in God's house, you blankety? I'm like, okay, wait, there's some blankety blankities with God's house that just doesn't work, you know? And would Jesus, I was probably, he, Jesus probably wouldn't because there wasn't the Lakers back then. But I think if he was around today, he probably would because they're God's team and... They got God's man on the team. Anyway, so then, you know, I got, kind of, I got kind of stirred. I was like, man, maybe I am too casual on Sundays. Maybe I need to bust out the Armani. And then I just went, you know what? I ain't going to let some dude tell me how to dress. So, so I pulled out another one. <laughs> let some guy that I've never met tell me how to dress at, at church. Anyway, but it just reminds me, we need more campuses. We need to do more. We need to do more for the city. I was just in in West Virginia, Parkersburg, West Virginia. I'm preaching there. Great church, two thousand people, three years. It's a move of God. As I'm preaching, I start prophesying over the pastor, and I tell him, I see, Pastor, I I'm I'm having a I have a vision as I'm praying for him. It's crazy, too much to explain right now. But basically, I I tell him I'm seeing meth needles, and I'm seeing them fall like rain on the concrete, and they're they're being destroyed as they fall. And 
And I said, and I see you having a drug rehabilitation center to rehabilitate drug addicts and people who have got caught up in meth. I don't know why I'm saying any of this. It's the clearest picture. It's probably the clearest prophetic word I've ever gotten, like when it comes to like a picture. And uh, he tells me after, I didn't, and they're crying, and oh, it's this boohoo moment. After service, he goes, we are the number one meth city in America, Parkersburg, West Virginia. He said, if you walk down the street, you'll see more meth needles than cigarettes on the street. He said, and there's a closed down hospital across the street from us. It's 10 stories high. It costs $500,000. And we believe God wants us to have that to rehabilitate. Okay, so, so all, here's all I'm saying. I want to help them. And I think we should. And I'm figuring out how we can. See, this is why prosperity is so important. Because in Parkersburg, West Virginia, 500 grand is a lot of money. It's actually not a lot of money in Vegas. Like, what if we all prospered and we could just go, here's the money, buy the, buy the hospital, and get people off drugs. Four people clapping. I'm so encouraged by your faith. It means the world to me. But I'm serious. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you once, it's not a need. It's a want. I want to help them. Don't know how. Want to help them. Want to start sowing. By the way, that's why we're not part of a denomination. Because I'm not going to pay my dues to some corporate office when we could use that money to expand God's kingdom. Not against denominations. Love them. Love them. Not for me. Because I'm not going to be told how to bless people. Anyway. Same reason we don't check your tithe record. Thank you. Who's to help me preach, somebody? Thank you. I don't know who tithes in this church. God's honest truth. God's honest truth. So anyway. I want to. There's a City Lights Church in Dubai. I was Googling us and I found them. City Lights Church, Dubai. Six years old. They've had 60 campuses because they are a Muslim, uh, they're in a, you know, a Muslim area and they keep getting kicked out of their campuses. Okay. I want to help them. So I wrote them and I said, can we send you money? And they go, you can't because there's government restrictions. So America can't send us money. So I don't know how we're going to help them, but I want to help them. I'm just telling you wants. Here's what I'm telling you wants. I'm, because I want you to define your wants. Here's another one. I want a son. I want to name him Jabin. Hey, okay, next one. <laughs> I want to record albums because I think our worship is beautiful and I think we should have worship albums. Okay. Look what, look what Jesus said in John 5. Do you want to be healed? You got to define the want. Number four, write it down. You got to write it down. What do you want? Write it down. Habakkuk 2.2. Write the vision. Make it plain. Notice this. So that he who reads it can run with it. Don't go so detailed that you have to crawl with it. Keep it fluid enough that you can run with it. Write it down. Write down what should be. Write down what could be. Write down your goals. Write down your plans. And move on it. Number five, be convinced, be convinced that God does not want to tame you. Some of y'all were so much fun before you met Jesus. City Light Church, you were city lit. 
you were, you were the life of the party. You were an adventure. You were a thrill seeker. You were a risk taker. And then you got saved. Beige. <laughs> Saturday night in the club. Ah! Instagram videos, posts. I mean, you were all over. And now it's church. Well, it's good to be in God's house. Here's Anna Golden. Click. Hashtag love my church. Okay, it's like, you were, so, you were so fun. What happened? Look what Paul said in Philippians 3. He said, I press. I press. He says it twice in, in verse 12 and in verse 14. I press. Paul didn't lose his press when he got saved. In other words, Philippians 3, beautiful text that you should read. He is sharing his testimony and he's saying, I was so passionate, I was so this, I was so that, and then I got saved and I didn't lose my press. Don't lose the press, don't lose the grind, don't lose the hustle, don't lose the passion, don't lose the zeal. Stop praying about things you know you need to do. <laughs> and just do it. Don't lose, the, don't lose the, the press, don't lose the passion, don't lose the push of life. Don't, don't be like, don't tell your story of your life. Oh man, yeah, before I met Jesus, I was this and I was that. Oh man, and I used to, oh yeah, yeah, and I was that. And then I became a Christian and then I just. Um, yeah. Beige, boring, blah. Get a dream. God doesn't want to tame you. Listen, when you got saved, God did not tell you to stop dancing. He said, just change partners. Don't lose your passion, just change your motives. Don't lose your gift, just use it for God. Take that thing that was already in you. Some of y'all, you could sell anything to anybody, and now you can't bring anybody to church. Dude, you could get any girl to go on a date with you, and now you walk into church every week alone. Praise the Lord, I got to say. Ladies, you could convince any man to buy you a drink. And now you just beige. Just, you just got boring. Don't stop using the gift. You just got to change it. Instead of being a manipulator, become a servant. Instead of becoming a salesman, become a, represent, a represent, representative of Jesus and push the message of Jesus. Don't lose the push. Don't lose the press. God doesn't want to tame you. He just wants to sanctify what he's already put on the inside of you. Number six, number six, talk to God about it. Talk to God about it. All right, come on up, brother. Talk to God about it. When you talk to God about your dream, God will talk to you about your dream. When you talk to God about your dream, God will talk to you about your dream. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. God said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will prophesy, you will have visions, and you will have dreams. All three of those deal with your future. The Holy Spirit speaks future talk. <laughs> speaks future talk. If you only talk about the past, I know one thing about you, you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. If you can only talk about the good old days, you need a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
If you can only talk about how good it was, you need a new encounter, a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit starts talking to you, he starts talking about the future. He starts talking about the vision. He starts talking about the dream. So talk to God about it. Define what you want. Write it down. And then lay it at the feet of Jesus. Say that because we are Christians and he is Lord. We're not Lord. He is Lord. So we define our want. But not everything we want is what he wants. But we still have to define it. So there's a lot of things I pray about that the Holy Ghost will say nope. Or not yet. Or wait on it. Or be patient. Or never. (laughs) And he can tell me no. And he can tell you no. I hope. But you have to define your want, then you write it down, and then you lay it at the feet of Jesus Christ, and you say, but you're Lord. Talk to me, Holy Spirit. Talk to me, Jesus. Lead me. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to? This is what, I, this is what could be. This, I believe this is what should be, but what do you want? And you take your whole dream, and you lay it on the cross. And you say, now, Jesus, kill anything in this thing that you don't want and then resurrect the rest. (laughs) And he goes, thank you for letting me be a part of this. And then he'll start giving you future talk, future pictures, future vision, future dreams. And he'll start helping you move this thing forward in Jesus' name. And then he'll give you this, Isaiah 30, verse 21. This is the way. Walk in it. He'll say, it's time. Go ahead. This is what you should do. Here's your next step. And he'll start talking to you. If you'll talk to God, God will talk to you. If you'll, if you'll talk to God about your dream, God will talk to you about your dream. And he'll help you refine it, define it, sanctify it. And then you start moving that thing forward. And I promise you, he'll always give you a kingdom purpose to it as well. So it never just ends with you and yours. It somehow then funnels back into God's kingdom because that's what he's passionate about. I love it. I'm raging against beige. I just refuse a boring, risk-free. Some of you want a life where God is not needed. Like you just want a little cute, comfortable life where God is no longer necessary. (laughs) But I said this week one, I just want to remind someone, a God-given dream is a God-sustained dream. He wants to put a dream so big in your heart that every day you got to go back to him. I don't want a cute, beige life where God is unnecessary. I want to be in a big adventure with Christ where every day, I've got to go back on my knees and say, God, I need you. Because this thing is bigger than me, but it is not bigger than you. Give me wisdom. Give me a vision. Give me a dream. That's what Solomon did. He said, God, I got all these people. Don't know what to do. God said, I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you your enemies. I'll give you finances. He, He gave it to God. And then God gave him more than he could ever ask for dream again. In the name of Jesus, dream again. Oh, in the name of Jesus, dream again.
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen to God's word?